Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the host and guests and do not necessarily represent those of any organization, including one generation away. The freedom of a people to choose its leaders is the root of liberty. Keep alive this experiment in liberty. Liberty, in case you've forgotten, is the soul's right to breathe. Government should be very minimal in protecting liberty. Peace cannot be purchased at the cost of liberty. The sturdy ground of liberty. Liberty once lost is lost forever. Fight for their liberty and for our security. Guarantees individual liberty. This great republic born alone in liberty. 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 Just how much do you want liberty? This is Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. A production of LibertyNation.com. Cutting through the double talk, taking on the topics, going after what the politicians really mean, and making it all clear. For your freedom and your liberty, Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Did he or didn't he? And is it enough to deep six his confirmation? Welcome back in to Liberty Nation Radio, a production of LibertyNation.com and syndicated from coast to coast on the Radio America Network. Did Brett Kavanaugh do the dirty deed he's accused of by Christine Blasey Ford? Will the accusation by itself upend what seemed to be a glide path to the Supreme Court? We'll discuss the big story from a number of angles and perspectives, including the ties between Ms. Ford's lawyer to George Soros. As we're joined by LibertyNation.com Legal Affairs Editor Scott Cosenza and National Correspondent Joe Schaefer. How about we start with just the facts, ma'am? How about we go through what we know or is likely true and what we don't know? On one side, you've got Brett Kavanaugh, who for 12 years has been a judge on the second most important court in the land, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, the triple-A affiliate of the Supreme Court, so to speak, using baseball parlance, the proving ground for the Supreme Court. He participated there in over 300 cases. He has, over the years, been the subject of six separate FBI background checks as he rose through the ranks, serving in a gatekeeping capacity for President George W. Bush in the White House along the way. An analysis by the Washington Post covering the dozen years Kavanaugh's been on the D.C. appellate court concluded that Kavanaugh had the most or second most conservative voting record on the D.C. court in every policy area. He's never before been accused of misconduct, sexual or otherwise, has been hailed by most everyone who knows him as a swell guy devoid of any discernible character deficiencies. And that's, again, over the course of six FBI background checks. At last count, some 200 men and women who knew Kavanaugh in his prep school years when all of this happened have vouched for his character. 
On the other hand, you've got Christine Blasey Ford, who alleges that when she was 15 years old and attending a private school in D.C., she was assaulted by the 17-year-old Brett Kavanaugh, who was attending a different private school. As the story goes, she claims that Kavanaugh and his friend Mark Judge at a small party got blind drunk, shoved her in a room, closed the door, tried to rip her clothes off, failed to do so. She tried to scream. He covered her mouth, ran into the bathroom, and that was it. She told the Washington Post that she was afraid she would be killed. She did not report this incident to the authorities and told no one about it, according to the story in the Post, until a full 29 or 30 years later when she reportedly shared the incident with a therapist during couples therapy. In July of this year, she sent a letter to Senator Dianne Feinstein recounting the incident and, we are told, was unwilling to come forward publicly, fearing for her safety. Like with Kavanaugh, dozens of Ms. Ford's colleagues have vouched for her integrity. Eventually, Democrats, we're not sure exactly who, unwilling to let this incident go uninvestigated, leaked her name, which led to her being unmasked, at which point she agreed to one interview with the Washington Post. Since then, her lawyer Deborah Katz has been Ford's public face on TV. Now, Senate Judiciary Chairman Chuck Grassley, who appears fully as the 85-year-old senator he is, decided Ms. Ford should be granted a hearing and set this Monday as the day. The lawyer, Deborah Katz, said that Ms. Ford would testify, but said Monday, quote, is not possible, and demanded a full FBI investigation before her client would agree to testify, and then laid down further demands, including that the testimony be behind closed doors, not open to the public. Judge Kavanaugh, has categorically denied that he ever did what Ms. Ford alleges to anyone at any time and apparently denies even being at the party where the incident allegedly occurred. Ms. Ford is a clinical psychology professor at Palo Alto University in California. She's a liberal or left-wing activist, depending on how you define activist. She's made small donations to a number of progressive groups, apparently participated in the Women's March after Trump's inauguration and signed on to a Physicians for Human Rights letter in June decrying the practice of separating children from their parents at the border and urging Trump to change the policy. Ms. Ford is represented by a woman, Deborah Katz, who is the vice chair of one of George Soros's operations, the Project on Government Oversight, and a donor to Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and a string of Democrats and leftist causes. So, how are we to judge, so to speak, between the claims of Ms. Ford and the reputation of Judge Kavanaugh, a sterling one by most all accounts? Well, here's some potentially pivotal facts to consider. Ms. Ford apparently does not recall the exact day, hour, date, month, or year of the alleged attack. The therapist notes from the session where Ms. Ford first spoke of the incident in 2012 has Ms. Ford apparently describing the incident as including four attackers. She told the Post there were two attackers, Kavanaugh and Mark Judge.
She told no one about this for some 30 years, filed no police report, nor one with her school. Now, none of these things are to say the incident never happened. But in America, unlike so many other nations, the foundation of our legal system is that the accused is presumed innocent until proven guilty, not guilty until proven innocent, as it is in England, as one example. We believe that the accused has the right to face the accuser, that a verdict is to be based on the accuser proving guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. It's hardly a perfect system. The rich and connected undoubtedly receive more favorable results than the poor and unconnected. But like with our entire system of governance, it is, as Winston Churchill said of democracy itself, the worst system except for all the others. Democrats are undoubtedly looking to generate not a slam dunk case, but just enough to implant that reasonable doubt in the minds of wavering Senators Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Jeff Flake, and Bob Corker, all of whose votes will be needed for Kavanaugh to be confirmed. We will soon find out which side has succeeded. This whole incident, a virtual replay of the Clarence Thomas hearings back in 1991 and the last-minute allegations by Anita Hill. Later on, we'll discuss and play for you how that one went down. Next up, the George Soros spiderweb. Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Exhausted by all the fake news? On LibertyNation.com's YouTube channel, facts and fresh, bold analysis are what you get without the leftist spin. Subscribe today to the LibertyNation.com YouTube channel and get our Truth is Making a Comeback, America's Top Stories, with LN Editor-in-Chief Lisa K. Donner, an alternative to the leftist programs on TV. Five facts, just the facts, ma'am, without the liberal bias. Ellen Radio, syndicated from coast to coast on the Radio America Network. Listen to all the big names in politics with your host, Tim Donner. Ellen TV, the right analysis with our Liberty Nation authors from across the globe. The Uprising Podcast, fun and entertaining commentary on what's really going on in the swamp with Scott Cosenza and Tim Donner. All this and more when you subscribe to the LibertyNation.com YouTube channel today because truth, 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 truth is making a comeback. men are entitled to blessings of liberty. This is Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. He is Darth Vader, the head of an evil empire to many, Superman and the benefactor of a fundamental transformation of America to others. He is George Soros, godfather of the hard left, the man who has spent billions of dollars over the years bankrolling virtually every progressive cause from Planned Parenthood to Black Lives Matter to Media Matters. And now we learn that the lawyer for Brett Kavanaugh accuser Christine Blasey Ford is vice chair of another Soros-funded group, the Project on Government Oversight. 
and that Soros also funded the program at George Washington University that issued that report claiming almost 3,000 people died in Puerto Rico following the two hurricanes there last year, which were, of course, sensationalized in the elite media. So Mr. Soros has his finger in many pies as he attempts to take down President Trump. Joe Schaefer has written about this in an article on LibertyNation.com this week entitled Soros Spiderweb Ensnares Kavanaugh, Democracy and Family Values. And Joe joins us now. So, Joe, why do you use the term spiderweb with regard to Mr. Soros? Uh, Hello, Tim. Thanks for having me. Um, Spiderweb really does uh, describe what he does best. Uh, He uses money to manipulate what's going on in sovereign governments, sovereign nations. He likes to use these NGOs, non-government organizations, uh, funds them with a lot of money, uh, uses them. So it, it, it's organized on, on at often an international level, but people who have vast experience working within the mechanisms of each nation's government and he worms his way in. He uses his money to worm his way into certain levels of influence. Not just government it involves the media in nations. Uh, it, it involves politicians, lobbyists. He, he owns people. He owns media, and he's very uh, effective, unfortunately, in what he does. And uh, just to look at these two things that came up. Uh, the Kavanaugh thing where the lawyer is one of his people, the George Washington University department that came up with this uh, Puerto Rico death count toll, which seems to be very inflated. Uh, The science is not um, reliable in any way. You know, he's been funding that uh, for years. And then they come out with this report and the media runs with it. Well, he's got ties with that media, too. So Spiderweb applies best to what he does. Uh, it's a very organized, it's a very orchestrated effort, and he does it in nations around the globe. Okay, so you've summarized his uh, professional ties and entanglements and funding very well there. But let's talk about Soros the man a little bit. He grew up behind the Iron Curtain in Hungary, which was under the boot of the Soviet Union. So you might think he would value liberal democracy, but instead he's gone the other way and embraced exactly the same values as the Soviets and spread them throughout the U.S. and Europe. How do you explain a man who grew up under tyranny wanting to advance the very same policies as the communists? Well, I'm no psychologist. I can't climb into his head. Uh, I will just take uh, on face value what he said in the past. Uh, He's a true believer. He believes in what he's doing. He has said that he has messianic tendencies. Uh, I I think his money and his makeup that he has this idea that he's going to save the world somehow uh, has led him in this direction he really does believe in destroying nations he believes in globalism he believes in no borders he believes in a one world uh situation and i think he sees people like himself as these great anointed ones who are going to lead mankind into you know the brave new future and like you said 
that's the Soviet Union right there, and that's the way it goes. And he's using money to bring about the glorious revolution, much like Lenin brought, you know, used dialect in, in, in the way that the communists seized power in 1917. He's doing it via the channels of global capitalism, but the result is going to be the same. I, I, I don't feel a need to, to climb into his head. I take what he says at face value. The man wants to destroy nations, and the man's very, very dangerous. We're joined by Joe Schaefer, national correspondent for LibertyNation.com. As you said, Joe, George Soros wants to tear down borders and create a sort of one-world community. So obviously his influence is not limited to the U.S. Tell us about what George Soros is doing in Europe. We had a story, uh, a couple links in the article to that, the Amni International Abortion Vote. He was uh, uh, he was funding Amnesty International, uh, who went into Ireland. He gave him a significant cash boost right before that, that abortion referendum in May. Ireland was a traditionally staunch Catholic country. They had an identity. They had a national identity. Uh, Bring, bring it, legalizing abortion in a one staunch Catholic country, that's a way to tear down a nation's identity. So he heavily funds Amnesty International. They go in uh, violating some of the laws in Ireland uh, about this, about uh, uh, involvement of uh, foreign donor money in a referendum. Uh, but, you know, they, they go ahead and do it anyway. They push the envelope and they won that battle. Uh, that was a win for the forces of internationalism because you're changing a nation's unique identity to something that happens to conform with the new norms, the new ideas, the new borderless values. Abortion's one of those. Homosexuality is another one. So he goes into Romania. Romania wanted to have a referendum saying that marriage is between a man and a woman. Soros's money goes in there because that's another great way to divide people, divide a nation. If you see these things as anything he can do to divide Ireland, Romania, and what he's doing in America, very, very uh, attempting to commit to, to create division. That is how you destroy a people. That is how you destroy a nation. So it's not just about that he's trying to win certain battles. He's trying to divide people in any way he can he's doing it in europe he's doing it in america now we're really seeing it in america now if you look at at this puerto rico thing and you look at this kavanaugh thing not just as attacks as trump but attack of uh, things to just work up enmity between people especially the brett kavanaugh thing it's such a nasty thing that they're accusing this man something very vague 36 years ago and, and they're, they're saying what's the argument you have to believe the woman and so again divisive uh very embittering if you really think about it you're gonna have ha um you know this i this feminist ideal going against people saying well what about just fairness you know being being decent to this guy anyway this works out soros wins joe thanks for joining us thank you Joe Schaefer, National Correspondent for LibertyNation.com. Quick break and then back with Say What? Liberty Nation with Tim Donner.
far more important than my political future and far more important than yours, the well-being of our country. This is Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Heard from coast to coast on the Radio America Network. And a shout out to the good folks of Seattle listening on KGTK AM 920 and KITZ AM 1400. Seattle, home of the world's best coffee and maybe the most progressive city in the nation. But don't worry, folks, we've got your back in that leftist utopia you are forced to endure. Say what? Say what? Say what? One more time. It is time for our signature segment, Say What, where we roll out some of the most wacky, astonishing, and damnable things uttered by politicians and the chattering class. And if the last-minute accusations made against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh by a leftist professor seem like deja vu to those of us over the age of, say, 35, that's because they are. The whole course of events is strikingly similar to 27 years ago when a black conservative, Clarence Thomas, was in the final stages of the confirmation process when all of a sudden, here comes a black law professor, Anita Hill, with downright shocking allegations which could well have derailed the nomination in the last two minutes of the game. We take you back to how this thing was reported in 1991 by Judy Woodruff, then on PBS. Senators investigating allegations of unwanted sexual advances by a Supreme Court nominee had waded out into uncharted and often seamy waters, hoping to arrive at the truth. Judge Clarence Thomas had appeared to be within days of confirmation to the Supreme Court, when the Anita Hill story broke. It's as if you could take the names Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill, substitute Brett Kavanaugh and Christine Ford, and you would hardly know the difference. Anita Hill pulled no punches in graphically describing to the United States Senate in a nationally televised hearing her allegation of sexual harassment against then-Judge Thomas. His conversations were very vivid. He spoke about acts that he had seen in pornographic films involving such matters as women having sex with animals and films showing group sex or rape scenes. And much like the current imbroglio pitting Judge Kavanaugh against Professor Ford, Thomas defiantly denied every charge made by Anita Hill. I deny each and every single allegation against me today that suggested in any way that I had conversations of a sexual nature or about pornographic material with Anita Hill. I think that this today is a travesty. It's a national disgrace. And from my standpoint, as a black American, as far as I'm concerned, it is a high-tech lynching for uppity blacks who in any way deign to think for themselves. Powerful stuff. And going into the final stages of that hearing, Thomas looked like a shoe-in, likely to get more than 60 votes and become just the second black justice on the Supreme Court. But Anita Hill boxed Democrats into a corner, forced many of them to change their votes, and Thomas did get confirmed, but barely, by a vote 
of 52 to 48. Again, striking similarities. A last-minute charge out of left field by the left. A conservative Supreme Court nominee possibly derailed. Yogi Berra, he said it best, it's deja vu all over again. Meanwhile, the left has tried to throw the kitchen sink at Judge Kavanaugh. Among the things they've dug up beyond Christine Ford is this statement by Judge Kavanaugh in a speech three years ago. Fortunately, we had a, we had a good saying that we've, we've held firm to, to, the, uh, to this day, as the dean uh, was reminding me before, uh, before the talk, which is what happens at Georgetown Prep stays at Georgetown Prep. That's been a good thing for all of us, I think. Now, as soon as that statement was unearthed, Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts shared a clip of Kavanaugh making that joke and sent out a tweet saying, quote, I can't imagine any parent accepting this view. Is this really what America wants in its next Supreme Court justice? Unquote. So is it boys will be boys, especially when they're 17 years old, or an incident that seems like it really happened and is shameful. Other than hardcore never-Trump Republicans like Senators Jeff Flake and Bob Corker, both of whom are retiring in the face of plunging poll numbers, the two sides are divided strictly along partisan lines as Monday looms. But as usual, there were other notable say-whats this week. It seems Barack Obama's Secretary of State John Kerry has, by his own admission, been playing footsie with his friends in Iran, the ones he worked with on that Iran nuclear deal which Trump has trashed. And current Secretary of State Mike Pompeo delivered a rare rebuke for his predecessor's interference in U.S. foreign policy. What Secretary Kerry has done is unseemly and unprecedented. This is a former Secretary of State engaged with the world's largest state sponsor of terror. And according to him, right, I don't have to take my word for it, he, these are his answers, he was, he was talking to them, he was telling them to wait out this administration. Indeed, Kerry said on Fox News, quote, I think everybody in the world is sitting around talking about waiting out President Trump. But we save the best say what for last. President Trump making an appearance honoring those people he supposedly hates. I'm really thrilled once again to welcome so many of my friends to the White House to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month. That's a big month. That's a big month, right? Today, we come together to honor the incredible contributions Hispanic Americans make to our communities, our culture, and our country every single day. You know it. We have created more than 4 million new jobs since the election, and the Hispanic unemployment rate has recently reached an all-time historic low in the history of our country. I don't know how you beat that in an election. That's a big month, a big month, huge. But, but left-wing Hispanic activists absolutely can't believe that 30% of Hispanics voted for Trump in 2016, and that number is likely to only get larger in 2020. And if that happens, 
Trump will almost certainly get four more years. Up next, Talkin' Liberty. Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Exhausted by all the fake news? On LibertyNation.com's YouTube channel, facts and fresh, bold analysis are what you get without the leftist spin. Subscribe today to the LibertyNation.com YouTube channel and get our Truth is Making a Comeback. America's Top Stories with LN Editor-in-Chief Lisa K. Donner, an alternative to the leftist programs on TV. Five facts, just the facts, ma'am, without the liberal bias. Ellen Radio, syndicated from coast to coast on the Radio America Network. Listen to all the big names in politics with your host, Tim Donner. Ellen TV, the right analysis with our Liberty Nation authors from across the globe. The Uprising Podcast, fun and entertaining commentary on what's really going on in the swamp with Scott Cosenza and Tim Donner. All this and more when you subscribe to the LibertyNation.com YouTube channel today because truth, 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 truth is making a comeback. This is Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Just talking loud, just say nothing. And we welcome you in now to the portion of Liberty Nation Radio, which we entitled Talkin' Liberty, in which we welcome in our regular contributor, constitutional lawyer and LibertyNation.com legal affairs editor Scott Cosenza. Hello, Scott. Hello, Tim. Brett Kavanaugh versus Christine Blasey Ford. It's the only thing people are talking about this week. It seems to be perhaps a replay of Clarence Thomas versus Anita Hill. What do you see that's similar and what's different in these two situations? Well, the similarities hit you right in the face. You have a uh, somewhat leftist professor who... Uh, whose allegations of sexual impropriety against a Supreme Court nominee that were leaked against that (laughs) accuser's will by Democrats has caused a a hearing process which had been concluded to be reopened. And uh, I would say those are the the striking similarities, Tim. Well, it also happened at the very last minute. After the hearings had been concluded, right, yeah. Right. So actually, so, I mean, past past the last minute, I would say. Yeah, past the last. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. That's true. Do you believe her story, and if so, why? If not, why not? Well, I don't know her story. I I know that I've read the. Uh, I know that I on CNN I read a letter that they said was read by somebody reading from the redacted copy to the committee, and I read the Washington Post story that she participated in. And those, and and I can tell you that it seemed credible in the sense that her allegations didn't include anything that was wildly fantastic or unlikely to occur. But do I believe that Brett Kavanaugh committed that assault on that day in the manner that she described? Well, Tim, I have absolutely no idea, and no nobody else does either, except for Brett Kavanaugh and uh, Ms. Ms. Ford, and and also um, Mr. Uh, Judge. Excuse me, Mark. It's because I'm confusing yeah, because Judge. I've, I've talked about a the Judge people. Judge Kavanaugh yes, and exactly Mark right. Judge. Yeah. I mean, it can so be- I mean, we all have crystal ball. I would say this though. I think the more important question is. Uh, is this disqualif- a disqualifying event? And I don't see any information that would lead me to believe that it is. Um, uh, Some have said, well, look, 
the level of detail that she's provided uh, lends credibility to the story. But I compare what Anita Hill did in testifying before the Senate Judicial uh, Judiciary Committee. Uh, what she did was provide details of a very unlikely story of pubic hair and a Coke can. And that's something that you would say, who would make that up? In this case, the way I look at it, not that she's making it up, but the 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 details that she has provided that we know about are that she was pushed into a room, that Judge Kavanaugh, or then Brett Kavanaugh, 17 years old, tried to rip her clothes off, failed. She tried to scream. He suppressed the scream. She got away and ran into the bathroom. Now, that that is not uh, very different than stories we've heard many, many times about uh, sexual assaults. So it seems to me that those who say, well, the level of detail means that it must be true because you couldn't th- make all that up. These are these are fairly that's you know a fairly common I think common that you get into a real scenario. problem, Tim, yeah. if you judge the likelihood of a sexual assault or the veracity of the story of the victim yeah. or the proclaimed victim yeah. of, based on their level of detail or lack thereof that they can well, provide what? of the assault. So I would caution against any any kind of analysis at that level. And here let me just say this, Tim, I think it's important to say you can think that Brett Kavanaugh didn't do this and not think that she's a liar. Right. Okay, so uh-huh. that's a distinct possibility. How, How is that? Oh, either A, it was so, this happened to her, and it's it wasn't Brett Kavanaugh that was involved, okay? It was somebody else, and she thinks it's Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, or Thinks she's <clears throat> going to take down a Supreme Court justice because she thinks that it's Brett Kavanaugh? What I'm trying to say is that her defenders are using the level of detail as, essen- as essentially yes. proof. And what I'm saying yeah. is there's nothing extraordinary about her story that would distinguish it from most right. other stories of sexual assault. And I'm not saying it didn't happen. Yeah, but I, I'm, I don't hear people on the other side saying her sufficiently, her story is incredible or not credible because it lacks detail. They're saying we can't investigate it because it lacks detail, including a location or a time or a whatever. But I haven't heard many serious folks say that this this accusation can't be believed because it lacks that level of detail. We do know from her psychiatrist's notes that now they she's claiming that the psychiatrist uh, misinterpreted what she said or or took down the story wrong, but that there were four attackers. Now it appears that there were two attackers. Now, is that the kind of detail you would get? I've heard that the Washington Post say that the therapist's notes confirm that there were that there was an attack that she brought, but we haven't seen that. It hasn't been produced to the committee. This is part of one of the reasons why, Tim, we need to have uh, to consider these allegations. Her appear on the record, sworn, let her provide documentation. She went through the trouble. You know, when this when this came out, before I had heard the story about how she'd been prepping all summer for the for the release of her information, I said to somebody I knew, like, you know, if you were in therapy in 2012, how long do you think it would take you to get a copy of your therapist's notes from a particular session? I mean, that can't be like a 24-hour turnaround time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're talking about a pretty deep mm-hmm. dive for somebody. So, yeah, I was interested in the, in the notes story then. And, yeah, the what we're led to believe by the Washington Post is – that the notes indicate that she said that she was attacked by four men. Right. Um, and now she's saying I mean, now that she was attacked by two men. Now so, it's saying two. So she says that the therapist uh, mm-hmm. did not accurately, you know. The, right. 
That's a pretty the, so, big detail to get wrong, So that's Scott. another thing that, yeah. we, in other words, she may not be lying. She may have convinced herself for whatever reason, we don't know how the mind works, that it, that it is now two people. So she actually could be mistakenly testifying that it's two when, in fact, she said truthfully at the time it was four. We don't know these things, and this would be helpful if she were actually to come forward and submit herself to an examination. Now, put yourself in the position of someone who is a victim of an attack, an assault. If you were the victim of a major attack Mm -hmm. that changed the course of your life, as she claims this did, says she doesn't have a normal relationship with Mm -hmm. men anymore, you might not remember the hour. You'd probably remember the day. You'd almost certainly remember the month. And you definitely remember the year, but she has been unclear as to even what year that it happened. Yeah, you know, the things that I read from these counselors who counsel these women who are mostly women that are survivors of this kind of thing because men are part of the male privilege. We're not allowed to come forward with our (laughs) male stories of of abuse and whatever like females are. But in any case, um, they say that that is quite common and should not be taken as an indicia of uh, falsehood. And I trust most of them, the ones that aren't, you know, movement Democrats, uh, which is is true for some of them, but uh, I trust them at their word and that that is not an indicia of deceitfulness or uh, a false story. So while that's frustrating for you and I and everybody else who wants to sort of get to the bottom of what actually happened, I don't think we can use that uh, as as a measure to discredit her. Do you think it's disqualifying? In other words, a 17-year-old. Yeah. Now, yeah. I want to take one thing off the table. She says that she that it was an attempted rape. Now, what she can experience as an attempted rape doesn't necessarily mean that the person perpetrating the incident thinks of it as an attempted rape. So, in other words, she may have thought that she was in danger of being raped when, in fact, let's take her, her allegations as true. Judge the Kavanaugh may not have... have not, would that disqualify you from saying somebody 35 years later with not a single other person who says they ever did anything wrong to them in the public? Uh, does that disqualify them from being a Supreme Court justice? Probably not, because yeah. I've seen I was a teenager once uh-huh. and I went to a prep school and I saw some of the things that went on. Now, I didn't witness rapes or sexual assaults, but I know what teenagers are like. Yeah, and they're and, like that in public schools, too, Tim. Yeah. He was at a prep school as mm-hmm. well, Georgetown Prep, which is a private school. Uh, so how can we, moving forward, and I'll understand if the answer is nothing, but how can we get out of this deeply, bitterly partisan atmosphere that surrounds every single Supreme Court nomination, especially from the right? Isn't there a better way? We're not that far removed from where Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, progressive, and Antonin Scalia, constitutionalist supreme, were both virtually unanimously confirmed by the Senate. Let me say this. The left, I think, their culture war victories are not supported by by the voting blocs, by the people. Uh, They're supported by the courts. They have a very tenuous hold on a lot of these things that Mm -hmm. are Mm 5-4. And that's all they've got. Okay. Um, right. And they, it, the court matters more to them than it does to conservatives because that's how they get their agenda through is through the courts. For some significant uh, and, and wedge issues, that is absolutely true. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Tim. This program, Liberty Nation Radio Plus, 
LibertyNation.com's own podcasts, The Uprising, are available to you on demand at LibertyNation.com and from fine podcast providers everywhere. So that is it for this week. We'll be back at you next week, same time, same station. Till then, this is Tim Donner saying, stand up for liberty. And we'll see you next time on Liberty Nation Radio. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.